Welcome to Teaching at the Speed of Sound. This podcast is about sound teaching practices in a fast-paced world. I am Kat of Gibby Teaches. I am Aubrey of Aubrey Teaches. And today, we are going to talk about building classroom culture and community, especially at the beginning of the year. So, let's zoom into the show. Hey, hello everybody. Woo! Episode 3. Episode 3. Thanks for joining us. And we are at another Sonic, of course. And this Sonic is really cool. I just want to say that some of you might know if you live around this area. Is it it amazing? No. It's cool. Cool is the word for today. It feels amazing to me. (laughs) Okay, well it is kind of amazing. But this Sonic has, has a playground an outdoor playground built onto the side with really cool uh, toys for kids to play <laughs> on and a, sh- a shade thing to sit under and a volleyball, sand volleyball court. Wouldn't you call it that? Yeah. So, very, like, very community <laughs> active okay, here. Stop I like trying it. to tie like this it. into our podcast just because it's a I like it. Okay. Sonic. All right. What'd okay. you order? What'd so you drink order? orders. I ordered a. This a good one. Orange. Creamsicle. Creamsicle. Yeah. Which at some Sonics you can order the creamsicle, but sometimes they, they may understand or they may not. But what it really is is just orange Fanta, with vanilla, vanilla. <laughs> and real cream, and it's, and it is delicious. And what did you order today? I got. A simple classic, which is strawberry limeade. Strawberry limeade. With the real strawberries in it. We're, we're very fruity today. Yeah, we are. <laughs> orange and strawberry. It's okay. like very bright. And we kind of look like bedlam right now. Oh, yeah. We're orange. Our and drinks are orange and red. You so. are on the wrong side. Bedlam. Well, I am on the wrong. Okay, well, we, we don't want to alienate yeah, yeah, any yeah. Sorry, Anyway, keep, that's an Oklahoma keep thing. Keep listening to us. That's an Oklahoma thing. Um, okay, so I just want to do a little bit of a correction corner because that's my thing. Correction corner. Yay. Okay, and so I'm correcting Aubrey because oh, no. that's what I love to do. And so, not really, not okay, really, but okay. and, um, the other day when we were talking, I think it was the first podcast, the first episode, maybe the second. Them, maybe. Getting them mixed up. Yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> we talked about Sonic. We introduced people to Sonic, and then Aubrey was like, you should get to the Midwest. And so I did a little bit of research. Oh, my goodness. And there are Sonics in 45 out of the 50 states. Did you know there are 50 yeah. states? Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> there are Sonics in 45 of the 50 states. Now, I looked it up. There are Sonics a lot in the South and yeah. in the Midwest and the Southwest. Not so many in the New England area. So much so... But there are some states that have, like, one. So I thought it was fun because I was like, you know, if we were there, we'd be done with our podcast already. <laughs> <laughs> and some people would be like, thank goodness. <laughs> but, but then uh, I had this little quiz for you because I was like, you know, we should do a quiz corner because we're teachers. Because pop quiz, hello. And so pop quiz for you, even though I don't give pop quizzes. And I don't recommend giving pop quizzes <laughs> unless you're doing a podcast with Aubrey. And that's great. It's perfect. A little bit of do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Exactly, because I'm dealing with my daughter, and it's okay. 
Um, so, Aubrey, your, your pop quiz and listeners, too. You can play along if you want to. What are the five states that don't have a Sonic? Okay, well, you said... I gave you a, a clue. I gave you a hint. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm pretty sure... I might be wrong, but I'm going to say New York. Not you're wrong. You're wrong. They do have. They have one. They do. Not maybe New Not York City, in Manhattan. but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Aubrey's a Manhattan, Brooklyn person. Yeah. She didn't see any Sonics there, but there is a Sonic somewhere in the state of New York. It's. I thought maybe there. I might be wrong. Um, let me think of like small states. Very like, New England, like far. Okay, as like far Maine? as you can. Yeah, Maine's one. Maine does not have one. Um, Connecticut. Nope, Connecticut has one. New Hampshire? New Hampshire, two. That's two. Maine and uh, New Hampshire. Massachusetts? Nope, they have one. Mar- or two, maybe. Maryland? <laughs> no. That's not New England. It's- I know, I was just guessing. Oh. <laughs> Are they all in New England? There's, yes, three of them. Maine, New Hampshire, and what's right next to it? What's in between, maybe? Or right there. Starts Pennsylvania? With the, starts with a... <laughs> Vermont. Vermont. Vermont, yeah. So, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, and then the outlying states don't have one. Oh, Alaska and Hawaii. Alaska okay. and Hawaii. That makes sense. Okay, so that was our pop quiz for today. I hope you did well. Okay, so, <laughs> and on to our topic for yeah. today. So. so, we were asking some people on Instagram, we did a giveaway a few weeks ago, and we were asking for some topics that people might like, and we got a lot of uh, tips we're back to school and new teachers plus just any teachers just going back for a new year because it's basically like being a new teacher every year you got new kids and yes new stuff you have to do and things keep year. changing they keep changing the yeah. the oh my car's making noise <laughs> they keep changing the rules on us and oh we're gonna do this test this year and this test next year so yeah so it's it's, it's for everyone new. but going back to school because we know it's august and a lot of people go back to school in August and September, so it's that time. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. And the format's going to be a little bit different because we... How is it going to be different? <laughs> we've been talking about kind of these trends almost that we see or things. The car wants to be a part of the podcast. It really does. These things that My come course. up a lot in around classroom community, classroom management, back to school. And we talk about them because they pop up. And we were thinking about why some of these things work or why they're good things, but actually they're part of a bigger picture. So we're talking about some things that are tips that you probably see around a lot, and we're going to cover them, talk about why they're good, they are positive things, but how they're actually part of a bigger picture that you need to kind of be aware of and change your mindset so that you'll have even more success. Good job. Thank you. To say I just <laughs> want to say I say that because people don't listen to me <laughs> okay. okay okay so the first one we're gonna talk about and we're gonna I'm gonna say again these are all positive tips and we're gonna talk about how they're kind of small picture positive tips and how we can turn them into bigger mindset shift so you're kind of saying they're a little bit negative if you are using them in the wrong way yeah and we'll talk about that okay yeah. so the first one just is... being real <laughs> the first one is Greeting your students at the door. Now, obviously, not saying greeting your students at the door is a bad thing. Very positive, yes, good thing. Yes, we would never say, yeah, don't no, no, talk no. to your students. <laughs> um, but we're going to say that we see a lot of things about the positive benefits of greeting your students at the door, which we wholeheartedly agree with. But the big picture 
that we have to think about is why does greeting at our student greeting our students at the door work and not just that isolated event of I greet my students at the door now we're gonna all have a positive experience I think the genesis of that idea was probably building relationships and there that's a great uh, reason to do something is to build a relationship yes. but what's not a great reason to do something is I'm gonna do this because I saw another teacher or I read about another teacher doing this and I'm supposed to be doing and this. I'm supposed to be doing this or this is how I'm going to build relationships and it's a good place to start but you really have to it has to be real it has to come from a real place it can't yes. come from I'm just doing this because it looks good or someone else is doing it and and it can become like a drudgery I think for the kids if you're not really if it's just the same thing every day we're just saying the same thing or and you know like if you're not really talking to them I think no, you can sure. I think you can individualize your greetings There's yeah nothing and wrong I with think that. it is a byproduct of having good uh, relationships with your students because you have a good relationship you want to greet them because you are excited to see them and I just kind of I like to just talk to them like hey what you know how did your baseball game go last night and really make it more individual because it, it's it has more meaning yes for yeah. sure so greeting your students at the door because of that relationship you have with them not thinking that that's going to be your end-all fix and then right. they're going to like me now and they're going to be a part of it now it has to be a lot deeper than that and it also needs to carry on into your classroom you know beyond just greeting them at the door it needs to be the culture of your day-to-day -day interactions with them through the whole day will really build into that too because I would even venture to say there's a way to have strong relationships and strong classroom community even if you don't greet your students at the door. I think that's just a part of a bigger picture of really getting to know our kids. And, and it's a good way to start. It's a good way to start if it's authentic. Oh, for sure. I think that's what I'm, I feel, you know, and kids know when things are authentic or when it's just this is how we're gonna we're just gonna say these things b before we start for the day and it's not meaning you have to like like every one of your students and think they're the best thing on the earth because there are sometimes <laughs> you know you have a personality clash with a student you just don't vibe with that student and that's totally something that happens but you knowing each day that you're still appreciative of them being there and who they are and who they bring to your classroom you could still be appreciative of that without being like oh, I actually love every single thing about that child and every action and every choice that they make. It doesn't have to be that. It's just that every day, glad that they're there. And I think the authenticity of it is important, even even up into the upper grades, like high school. But those teachers probably are more personal because they have more, you know, uh, personal conversations with their kids sometimes. But they have more than, students than us. Too. Yeah, that's true. They have more. They have a lot of students to try to connect with, which is really hard. That's true. That's true. A lot of names to remember. I think about that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. But I still think there are definitely some really great secondary teachers out there doing it, building yeah. those authentic relationships that then they greet their students at the door because they have built that and they carry it through their day. But I feel like they are, you know, I've um, often said that my kids love to hear stories about my life and things that have happened to me and mistakes that I have made, you know, but just getting personal with them, I think is, is a big way to build relationships and they like to know about your personal life. Of course, you're not going to tell them everything, but you know, I'll tell them sometimes when I was in first grade, 
you know, and they're like, what? You're in first grade. Like, yeah. And then I say, my daughter's in third grade, but you're actually a teacher. <laughs> but, you know, just being more personal with them and letting them know you and getting to know them. Yes. And that's, that's going to look different in every classroom too, which right. I think is what is hard whenever we try to boil it down to a list where some people are like, tell me the list that's going to work for me. And it really can't be boiled down into a list of any kind. It just has to oh, be. Oh, you mean like a list of here's how you build your yeah, culture. Yeah, here's how you're going to make your, your, your smooth. You know, it has to yes. be you. You have to be authentic. If you're not the teacher that jumps up on the tables or sings a Disney song every day, <laughs> you know, like that's not me. Um, then don't be, don't try to be that teacher, you know, like right. it will come in, it will come across as not authentic. It comes across as fake because you, you're being kind of fake. Yeah. I mean, it (laughs) it actually is nothing wrong with trying to be positive. Like if you are feeling bad and you're trying to be like, okay, I gotta be positive for my kids. That's different. We're just talking about just trying to be like a character of a teacher. Right. You know what I mean? I think some people try to be a character of a teacher instead of just being themselves. I feel like that goes into you you have to find your style and you have to do it the way is that it's comfortable for you and you can't go into another person's room and say oh I like this I'm going to emulate this of course you can you can use it to start but you need to develop your own style because that's more authentic and I I'm not the teacher that sings and everything I mean we do but I I'm I'm often I'm often very sarcastic or joke with my kids a lot and and not about them, not not not, not in yeah. any way uh, to shame them, you know. But just things like, if I make a mistake or something. I, I was saying this the other day, like I I put the wrong answer up on my slide, and I was like, no, everybody changed it, you know. Didn't you hear that? Five plus five doesn't equal ten anymore. We changed that, you know. Or just, and they just think it's funny, and they know when I'm joking because they've we've developed that relationship where they're like, oh, you're just being silly, you know. Yeah. So. Instead of just subscribing to, I need to greet my students at the door. Small picture. Think about greeting your students at the door, but think about big picture of really (laughs) building authentic relationships with them that goes past that. And that's going to really be probably, I would say, the biggest tip to make your year run smoothly. Because when there are any issues that come up, you know exactly like your cheat sheet in your mind of, okay, I know how to approach this kid. I know what I can say to this kid. I know this kid and they know me and that's going to help you or I know immensely that I need to let them have some space a little bit before I talk to them or Um, I need to talk to this kid immediately because they need (laughs) attention you know whatever yeah for sure yeah that's that's true and and you once you get to know your kids and you know that that makes the behavior addressing behavior so much easier yeah okay so second small picture this one is very very popular and seen everywhere <laughs> and we'll talk about this one it's interesting because this one has kind of like a financial component to it which kind of makes it interesting and that is flexible seating seating yes and so i will say before we jump into talking about it in my classroom okay in both of our classrooms i always we like have, my chairs to be stretchy we have tables <laughs> so we have talked about i think on the first episode we talked about our whole school does tables right we don't do no desks, desks. no so teacher desks so we desk. both have tables i have my library in the middle of my room, I have a couch and a rug, I have a director's chair, some wooden chairs, and then I have a bunch of clipboards and lap desks and things like that. What do you have? And I have tables too, of course, and she just said that. (laughs) (laughs) But I have um, not really any, any what people would consider normal flexible seating that people try to buy because I don't have any of those, but I do have 
those little beach chairs. I don't know what they're called. They're just the short ones that sit way close down to the beach sand. Chairs. I think people will know what you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, I have the child size ones, though, that you can get pretty cheap at the end of summer. And so I'll just go buy some and um, put them in there. And they can, they're nice because they can fold up and stack up. But um, I just put them in my library. My kids sit there or they'll move them around the room. They're easy to move. They can move them onto the carpet. Uh, I do have some yoga mats that I cut uh, in half and they can pull those out and sit on them. I don't have any um, anything else. I mean, I mean, I have, of course, lap boards and like clipboards and things like that. I have a rug. But I don't have any, I don't have assigned seats. Well, so I think that's my idea of flexible seating. No, here's the thing. So that's the, th the thing we're going to talk about. So the small picture is flexible seating. And the idea for flexible seating was born out of two things, I think. One, giving students choice, which gives them ownership in the classroom. And yes. two, comfortability. So getting students out of those hard plastic chairs all day where students should be should not be sitting in one spot all day anyway, but getting them up into more kind of comfortable seats, uh, I think was how it began. And that's a good big picture, choice and comfortability. But I think both of us would say that flexible seating is not about, even though we just told you all our stuff, it's not about <laughs> no. the stuff. It's about the idea of those two things, choice and comfortability. And again, it doesn't have to look this way or that way and it doesn't have to cost this amount of money or that amount of money like a clipboard or yeah. lap board can be flexible seating I mean people spend a lot of money making the little little seats in the crates and the on the exercise balls uh, the wiggle stools all those things are really really expensive so yeah and they're like great things they are great but don't feel like to do flexible seating I must have this this and this because the idea of flexible seating is getting choice and comfortability and I feel like flexible seating to me is like my kids don't have an assigned spot in the room and and some people do that's fine but I we're moving around so much in stations that it's just not feasible to do it that way so they have their shelf to keep their book their pencil boxes on but they just move around and so during the day when I say everybody go to a table they just choose where to go they know how many people can sit there and so that's more flexible too and that their choice is yes yeah, so which table do I want to sit at get yeah. a clipboard and sit on the floor right don't so have to be at a table yeah. my students stand sometimes some of them stand I told you like I have a student that would spin in circles while he worked and he would still be reading and working so he would spin in circles <laughs> and sometimes I ask myself why do I do that because like the flexible seating of when we had indoor recess and we were watching a movie and I told everybody you have to sit on the floor and then some people were like can I sit in a chair and I was like no everybody has to be on the floor and then I was like I have enough chairs why why do I do that like what is what is the rule in my head I don't care and I was like I don't care sit where you want I mean it's your choice on where you can see the board or the movie screen the screen so you know to me that's more flexible is you choose go ahead you have that freedom Yeah, where you are comfortable to where you're gonna be able to learn you're gonna be able to pay attention you're gonna be able to able to do these things and that looks very different and I think a lot of flexible seating like I said was born out of choice and comfortability which I think is more about like the vibe that's very like hippie back. Word, but <laughs> the vibe of your classroom which like I try to make my classroom very homey you say like coffee shop, bookstore, kind of that thing where you want to really sit and immerse yourself because that's what I want my students to do. I feel like in third grade, I really want to be building that love of reading because they have been learning to read, learning to read, learning to read. And now I want to show them, you know, the beauty that learning can be and that they can sit and immerse themselves in a book 
so that's the vibe I want my, my classroom to give off. And so I try to look for things that do that. And not all of those traditional flexible seating options match with that vibe or go right. with that, you know? So you have to think about what you want that to kind of look like and what you want it to feel like, but still be able to give choice and make it comfortable, which can be like as simple, literally as simple as getting clipboards and having them available and saying, if you want to lay on the floor while you're doing your writing project or whatever, get a clipboard and go for it. And obviously having things set in place to where they're not abusing any of that, but that's like with anything, you have to have a good management in place. And I have beach chairs and yoga mats. So what does that say that about? You are a that's beach not hippie. even <laughs> a beach bum. <laughs> I'm saying we'd rather be at the beach. Yeah, but yeah. No, you, hers is like much more. Which she teaches younger kids. You teach first graders. It's yeah. a lot brighter and more like primary colors and things like that, which is completely appropriate. Right. And then, but I don't overdo it. I just no, I, I use not. a lot of blue. It's very calming. Very yes, calming. I love yeah. blue. We I both painted use my a wall lot blue. Of blue. Yeah. Did you paint your wall blue? We mm-hmm. got to paint. We got to paint our wall, so we painted one. This is very hard. Yeah. Don't ever do it. On, do not you, paint. There's our tip. Do not do paint <laughs> cinder block walls. Yes. Don't do it. Unless you want to be there stippling forever. It's the worst. Oh. <laughs> cinder block walls are the bane of like. Almost every. I mean, the, the big idea behind it was really good, but it was a yeah, pain. yeah. The, but the small picture sucks. It was a pain. It was a pain. No, everybody like that's a teacher trope, like on Instagram, is how do I get things to stick on this cinder block? Wall? Oh, I know. Why? Why do we build our? Why uh, don't we build our walls with bulletin board stuff? Oh, like corkboard. Yes. Why don't we have that wall? That would be so oh, cool. A it whole, would. Like I want one whole wall to be a corkboard, and one whole wall to be a whiteboard, and one whole wall to be a chalkboard, and one whole wall to be windows. Done. Yeah. That I should build a school. I'm yes. an architect now. Okay. <laughs> You're so, a corkboard architect. We're going to talk about one more small picture thing, and then we have tips, just straight tips for you. So this last one is kind of different because I feel like greeting your students is a very popular one that went around because of some research. Flexible seating, I think, has gone teacher to teacher, and people feel like they have to do that now because of teachers. And this one, I think people feel like they have to do because of administration and then now they feel like they have to do it because their mentor teacher did it or they see it everybody doing it and it started out with administration that anyway so again not a bad thing but this is posting lesson objectives slash I can statements or which is we a, will yes a good thing to do not a bad thing but we're thinking small that's kind of a small picture to what big picture what is the purpose that we purpose. need to change our shift to thinking of why do we do that. I think the purpose yeah. is that, you know, it is not for administrators and it is not supposed to be for teachers. It really is supposed to be for students and it's supposed to help them set goals, which is important. That's the big picture, yeah. Yeah. And internalize their learning and where they are and where they're going to go and why learning is important. And why do I need to know this? Because this is a goal. This is a learning goal that you need to know now because next year you're going to build on that yes and then ultimate it's going to goal is how it's going to help you in life and it's going to help you mm-hmm. outside of these four walls it's going to help you in your future and all those things that that's a very big picture aside from just posting i can statements on the board and maybe even going over them maybe you do maybe you don't but i think you could still um do all of that good work of setting goals and having those conversations, even if you didn't post those on the wall. So mm-hmm. just saying, think of the big picture 
of helping students internalize that learning is important and where they're trying to get to and their goals. And that's done through, this is gonna be a common theme through conversations, <laughs> through talking to your kids and discussions, mm -hmm. which really needs to be happening instead of just putting that up and hoping that they read it or hoping that your administration sees it, which if you have to have them up, 100% put them up. I'm not telling you to get in trouble. <laughs> I mean, if you do have to have them up and we do, so if, you, if you're supposed to have them up, then make full use of them yeah. and have them be something that the, the students use to self-evaluate. That's really great because you can say, how do you feel that you're doing on this one? You know, and they can give the one, two, three, four, or however you want to do it and get some feedback from them. And that shows them that, you know, we want you to be concerned with your, with your learning. We're concerned with it and we want to help you. Yes, and not so. just a grade, you know, not just giving them a grade, but having them really evaluate their learning. Where right. are you in this learning goal? Not what score did you get or what grade did you get? Where are you in this continuum of learning that we're on? And how can we move you forward? And then it will make sense to them when it's up there. Why is this up there? It's not just something I stuck up on the wall. It has a real purpose. And I like to put mine, I put mine up on the wipe-off uh, mm -hmm. sentence strip so that I can change them, uh, you know, regularly when we have all met those goals then we have new goals and so it's all about setting goals and that's important especially as kids get older they need to be well, able sure, to yes. set goals and 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 know Monitor. when they've attained that goal and think about it yes so there's our three big picture tips the first one was build authentic relationships which may look like greeting your students at the door that could be one step um, yes. Authentic building in student choice and comfortability in your classroom, which may look like flexible seating. and But little... it may not look like the flexible seating that you see in the catalogs that you yes. don't need to spend that much money on. Just think about how I can give them choice. And then lesson objectives or posting lesson objectives, which is a big picture for supporting students in, in, in knowing that learning is important and setting goals and monitoring where they are. And use those, like I said, use those and let them be a part of your classroom culture that we set goals and we uh, think about it. For sure. Okay. okay. So now well, we're going to go into some tips because we have a lot of people asking for back to school tips and that was a lot of tips in there. But we <laughs> will talk about like your first day or first week that some people are getting ready for or you might have already done. So the first thing that we put down that we were going to talk about is to focus on relationships. This is going to be shocking, right? Focus <laughs> on relationships from day one and on day one, possibly focus on relationships over procedures. I'm talking about the first day. So think about your first day goal is to, first of all, make sure everybody's there and everybody gets home safely. Yes, and that that's had, your goal. Yeah, that they had a positive experience, that they go home with a positive mindset and view of their class and their classroom and their teacher, that they're excited, that they're happy. That should be like your only pretty much your only goal right. for the first day. Like, don't think you have to give them all the procedures, go over all the rules, do all of that. First of all, they're probably a little overwhelmed, especially young, young students. Mm -hmm. A little overwhelmed. They're not going to be very receptive to all that stuff you're throwing at them anyway. And you can build that in authentically, which we'll talk about next. But really just focus on relationship day one. And don't make day one for yourself. Like, if you're a new teacher, don't make it, like, a bigger deal than it needs to be in your mind that it's going to be okay if everybody gets home safely then you excelled at the day 
just really don't don't have expectations. Yeah, don't yeah. <laughs> just um, be ready and have plans, but things never really go the way we expect them to. Something, yes. and something. you can recover from the first day. Now, don't let it <laughs> don't let it slide into weeks because then you're not going to recover. But like a bad first day, and it's not ever as bad as you think. Like you're so everybody's so hard on yeah, themselves. No. But like a quote unquote bad first day, you can totally recover from. Your students can recover from. Like. We put so much pressure on that first day. And I think I think there's a fine line too. I think there's a fine line about you know there's been this school of thought where you don't smile on the first day, and you know you have to be really strict. You have to you have to start out really strong, and uh, I don't think that you have to be that far. I think you can smile. I hope you smile. Please don't. For sure, smile. Please don't go to school and not smile at your students, but. You know, there was a school of thought at a time in a very famous book that went around where that was kind of the message. And there was a lot of good advice in the book, but not, you know, I didn't go with all of it. Also, there's another opposite side where, especially this I find in maybe the earlier childhood grades, don't try to make that first day super super fun like out of the norm out of the normal time because then you're setting up unrealistic expectations too so have a good time make it fun but don't go overboard and smile and you know just don't be so procedure driven on the first day on the first day (laughs) so there are procedures you do have to cover but i think you have to do some but don't feel like you have to do everything like throw everything right that's just too much i'm gonna jump into this one that because it ties into kind of what you're saying of you don't have to be like stern I'm going to use that word as kind of mean and stern from the beginning because this is our other tip we talk about is you should have very high expectations for your students academically and behaviorally in every way but don't just have high expectations you have to also have high support so what I mean by that is when your students don't meet your high expectation, which will happen. They won't always meet it, whatever <laughs> Are you it is. Kidding? That so think about academically. If a student doesn't meet a high expectation academically, we don't get angry and yell and put them in the corner until they can get it academic you know, get that academic goal. Anymore. Yeah. Well we shouldn't. <laughs> okay, don't do that. Just but teasing. like think behaviorally, we do that, you know, when they don't meet our high expectation. Think about how you can give high support to help them meet your high expectations and then they will doing things like we had said with the hallway if we can't get it then we practice oh right or, okay. you know we do things like that so we're gonna we're gonna support instead of me just punishing when you don't get that expectation oh. we're gonna find some way that we can get it we're gonna go over it again we're gonna model it model it again we're gonna practice together again or yes whatever we it can is. line up for lunch 10 times if that's what it takes because I tell them, well, obviously we need practice. Yes, and that's the high expectation. They know that your expectation is high. My expectation is that we walk quietly in the hallway and tell them why, because that's respectful. Other classes are trying to learn, and we don't want to interrupt their learning environment. So tell them why, and then tell them. Telling that's them my why. Expectation. Yeah, tell them why. Helps a lot. My expectation is up here. I'm, I'm like using my hand gestures and I can't see it's up here it's really <laughs> I'm high <watching. laughs> but I we're gonna meet it like I'm not gonna punish you into meeting it we but we are going to meet it I'm gonna support you till we meet it so that's an example the hallway procedure one but with anything um and if it's an individual kid and a, a lot of people use the practice thing like okay then you can come see me and we can practice it or you can tell me how you're gonna fix that or well, let's talk about other things well also if you're lining them up for lunch like the first day or 
and you have given them your expectations. So do your procedures when it's necessary. Don't don't just spend the whole morning talking about them, but we're gonna line up, and we're gonna line up a little early because I wanna show you the procedures of lining up. And then do not leave that room until they have met your expectations because the biggest mistake you can make is just saying, oh, well, they're not gonna listen. We're just gonna go ahead and go because we're gonna be mm -hmm. late because that tired. sets up a, a whole you know, precedent of, oh, we don't have to well, really do this. Well, you lowered your expectation. That's yes. what I'm saying. So yes. have a high expectation, never waver from it, but don't get rid of that support either. But you don't yell. You just stand there and say, well, everybody go back and sit down. We're going to try that again, you know, very calmly. Because, uh, yeah, that's the support. Yes. So you can have the high expectations and then punish and yell kids into trying to meet them, which is... Please don't yell. It may or may not work. work. It may or may not work. The or only people can, that hear you yell are the other or teachers. Or you can have low <laughs> in the other classroom. Yeah, you can have low expectations, which is just going to be a ultimate disaster for you. Just trust us. So that's your options. Or you could try to have high expectations, but also put in that support. And the support has yeah. to be calm, like she said, very calm. Mm -hmm. And if you do that first tip, which is building relationships, then it's very easy. It becomes easier and easier because students want to meet your expectation. You've told them why you have that expectation, so it makes sense to them, hopefully. You've discussed the expectation, the why, like I said. They have a relationship with you. They don't want to do things just to spite you. Now, every so often, there might be a kid that still does that. But for yeah. the most part. But if you continue and uh, continue doing what you're doing and just let them ignore that a little bit when you can, it usually works itself out because yeah. what they're trying to do is get you upset. Yes. So never let them see you sweat. That's, <laughs> that's the motto. And be, be very like monotone when you're talking back to them, when you're saying the same thing. I think that helps when you. That expectation, yeah, because you're not wavering from it. Right. That's and eventually important. they'll be like, oh, well, she's not going to change, you know. And I tell them that this is my expectation on day one, and this will be my expectation on the last day of school. So, so. yeah, so I would say for like new teachers, that would be a good place to start is sit down and think what are your expectations for your students we do that for students academically we sit down and we say in third grade this is what I expect my students to leave me knowing and we do that for academics so sit right. and do that with your behavior think what do I expect from my students and why and if you don't have a good why then you might want to evaluate it because well, it I said that while ago with the I everybody has to sit on the carpet to watch this show you can't sit in chairs yeah, and I ask why. myself why? What's the point? There's enough chairs for everybody. They're not going to yeah, fight. Yeah, I mean, good evaluating. You took my advice. Thanks. I, I know. <laughs> well, you know, I do that sometimes, and I think, am I just doing this because every it's, because that's it's how the way it it's always been yes. done, and, and is, does that really make sense? Yeah, no, and I always matter. try to tell my kids, like, my expectations 100%, okay, I won't say 100%, I'll say, like, <laughs> 90%, it's because it affects someone else negatively, so it affects someone else Physically, like if you hit them, that's obvious that affected them mm -hmm. physically or it affected them mentally because you said a rude thing to them or emotionally because you said something mean to them or it affected someone's learning environment. So when you run down the hall screaming, mm -hmm. you might not have hurt someone physically or emotionally, but you hurt the learning environment, which is very important. That's what we're here for. So all my expectations are something to do with that. Now there are some expectations that we have in a school building and I tell my kids because there's six seven, eight need hundred kids. Yes. <laughs> and we have to just say, this is the way it is because it has to be some kind of control and order or it's chaos. And those are some things that come up. But and even very part, young kids understand yeah. you have to wait your turn. You have to stand in line. So, so. yeah. So for the most part, they though, may not do it, but they understand. <laughs> <why>. Expectations <laughs> are 
because that will negatively affect someone else. So if they know that and they know the why, so that's what I was saying to a new teacher, sit down and put your expectations down. Think, do all of these have a good why? And then don't waver from those, like write them down. Like one of the things, like I said before, for me, it's always been the hallway thing. I've always just expected my kids to be quiet in the hallway and like orderly in the hallway and respectful. That's been from even when I was teaching kindergarten, that was something important to me. And it may or may not be as important to someone else, that's fine. But I always tell my kids why it's important to me and I hold the expectation high. And I know like, I like things to be kind of organized. I'm not as much as some other people. There's some other people out there very, very organized, but I do like our classroom to stay somewhat organized. I was going to say that is mine. My kids would tell you what is her biggest, I don't know. It's not a pet peeve necessarily. Yours is the hallway. Like your thing that you really want them. And I would think that, I think that that's important to me too, but mine is keeping our classroom in order. Which like is learning environment. When we put things away, they go where they were supposed to go because I give them the freedom of of getting whatever they want out during their math stations off of the math shelf, but it has to be put back in the right place and in the right order because so that I don't have to do it later. Because their learning environment right. and they don't do it. <laughs> and, and, you know, my expectations are high, and people will often come in and, and say, wow. Your room is so clean, but it's just because I had that expectation from the very beginning. And, keep it, yes. and we, we stack chairs at the end of the day. We clean off the tables. Everything looks nice because that's, you know, this is their room. This is where their learning environment, and it's also their job to help keep it clean. Yes, and I will say, I'm telling you to write these down, but these are for you. So I wouldn't say post these on your wall and make them your rules. <laughs> no. Like, not, you know, things like that because we're going to talk about quote-unquote rules in a second but these are expectations for you to have in your mind that you know you're not going to waver from and your students will get to know those things and know those things because they're expectations they're expected of them they know that and I would say get them firmly in your mind if you're going to have procedures for things don't flip-flop or change them from one day to the next and say well we're not going to do that now but yesterday you could I mean really think about it beforehand and get them all set that's why it's good to write them down think them through so then we're going to flip and talk going from the expectations to what we're going to use the word uh, class norms. We also like to use the word values. We don't use the word rules because of the connotation of the word rules, but building <laughs> class norms. And one of our tips would be to build your norms together with your students. In case you hadn't picked up, we're both very big on community and relationships with your students, discussions with students, and ownership, giving ownership to the kids. And this is a big part of that, is helping them build the norms that they want for their classroom. Mm -hmm. And again, you can talk about norms are things that we need to set up so that people are not negatively affected physically, emotionally, or mentally, or the learning environment. Because everything can kind of fall under that. And then the kids can create the norms and then they have to stick to that. They have to have ownership of that through the year. And in our room, we do, we do create norms, but we call it a social contract and I write them down. We discuss them first and then we decide, you know, how do I want other people to treat me? How do I expect other people to treat me? And so if that's your expectation, would they not expect the same thing? And then we kind of boil them down into statements because, you know, they'll go through, I don't want people to hit me or I don't want people to kick me. And so we try to put an umbrella statement of, well, what if we just said be kind? 
if someone kicked you or hit you, that's not kind. So we make a, a, a big statement of be kind. That covers a lot of things. Um, you know, so they put those and then they, I asked them how did they, what did they expect from me? And, um, then we write it on the a piece of paper and they all have to put their stamp, their thumbprint on it and write their name on it. And so as the year goes on, we talk about it and we refer back to it. I hang it up on the wall and, and, um, you know, whatever it is that they're doing, I say, well, let's look at our social contract. You all promise to be kind. Is that kind? Or is that in, is that keeping our class orderly? And so they decide it's kind of a, a way for them to evaluate that behavior and decide, is it following and then I tell them if they're not, that they're in breach of contract. So, and they'll say that to each other. I think you're in breach of contract. You shouldn't do that, you know, so. Yeah. So really giving them that ownership and having that conversation with them so that they know. And when they look up there, it's not like I bought a store-bought poster of here's the rules of our class. It's actually something they created. So they have yes. ownership in it. So. Yeah, you decided the, decided that these things were important. So now they're your high expectation. Yes, so and you're all, not meeting we're it. We're all going to meet your high expectation that you decided on. And this is your name here. You signed this. Mm -hmm. So that, to recap, we'll say focus on relationships. Day one, your first, first day of school, especially if it's your first day ever, don't stress about it too much. Have a plan, over over plan a little bit. Just have a bunch of things you can go to and start talking to your kids. Start getting to know them. Don't expect everything to go perfectly. You can recover from the first day. But You're just going to be like have supplies everywhere. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. so it's don't think the first day has to be anything specific. But then after that, really start to build those relationships. Think about your expectations. Like I said, write them down. Don't waver from them. Build in and procedures naturally as the day goes yeah, through. Yeah, so when it's time to do this, we're going to do it. We're going to do it at the right at the time we're supposed to be. And we're going to do it correctly so that that's my support. I'm supporting you to help you do it correctly. Have high expectations and let them know that you are going to have these expectations every yes, day. but support them. Don't just try to punish them into meeting them. Yes. And have your class build norms, even if you do have rules put up or anything like that you can still have the discussion of class the discussion is what's important the discussion that comes out of it it is I think also important to have that to reference back to through the year remember we talked about this so I think that part but if at the least at least have the discussion the first couple days of why why do we have norms and why are these norms important or our rules or our values or whatever word you want to use the discussion is important because it starts you off it starts your students off on the right foot and they know that you value their input and you value what they think from day one right and we talk about that it's usually like one of the first things that comes up in your stories if you have a you know a reading series a reading yeah. series but you know rules are for or we have these things to keep us safe or keep things in order so we talk about what kind of what why would we do this is this for safety or for orderliness you know, and they, and if they can put them into one of those categories, it makes sense to them. Yes. That's why we have that rule. So, yes, Aubrey and I were like, why can't they wear a hat in school? And I say, you know, you can't wear a hat because it's a school rule in the hallway. They can't tell who you are. But in class, if you want to wear your hat, it's not unsafe and it's not disorderly. So, okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You so know. I think so. it is important that we start, as a school system even, even bigger than our own classrooms, talking about 
the rules that we have. I'm going to get kind of, I could get controversial. We could talk about this another time. (laughs) So that's a big picture thing we could talk about. But it's important, even down to your classroom community, to have that built in. And some people just get so hung up on a rule that they don't see beyond that. And there's always extenuating circumstances. We're trying to build empathetic, self-driven human beings <laughs> that yes. you know that know why they're Problem doing things and have human intention beings. behind their choices and things like that so do yourself a favor and start having those discussions really early and just love your kids you'll be amazed oh my goodness <laughs> you're welcome no, but if you haven't had your first day yet if you've had your first day we hope it went really really well if you haven't yet good luck to you we hope you have a great it'll be great year it'll be amazing <laughs> Yes. It'll be an amazing school year. And we will still be putting episodes out, um, hopefully Tuesdays. But we're going back to the classroom. By the time this is out, we will be back in the classroom. Watch out. So if you have any topic that you would like to hear from us, again, leave a review here. Leave a nice, positive, glowing review, please. And tell (laughs) us what you want to hear because we will definitely be talking about. We had a lot of people say they wanted technology tips. We got that for you. We can definitely do that. We're both one-to-one. We had people talking about uh, relationships with staff, and mm-hmm. sometimes with staff you don't necessarily get along with. We had that. And yeah, that's what a else? good one. We had a lot of good topics, so we'll definitely have some things to talk about. So if you have an idea, <laughs> you can find us on social media or find us in the reviews right here on Apple Podcasts, and we will see you next episode. Boom. <laughs> Your hair looks awesome. <laughs> Yes, can I get a large strawberry limeade and a large orange Fanta with uh, vanilla and cream? Okay, what else can I get for you? That's all. I have a large strawberry limeade, a large orange Fanta with vanilla and real cream. Would you like any french fries to go with that today? No, thank you. 560 water right out.